This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another wonderful episode of The Crux, True Survival Stories. Hello. I am Tessa King, your host, and joined again by my sister and interrupter. <laughs> Who you were just about to call lovely, by the way. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you were about to jump in early. Not today. Um, I'm Casey McIntosh. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Lorraine Leach had just opened a successful daycare in her home in British Columbia, she often would take the children outdoors for exercise and fresh air. On one fateful July day, she and the children went down to the river near her home to pick some berries. Little did they know they would come face to face with a deadly visitor. Hmm. Okay, Lorraine Leach was a 44-year-old woman who lived in a small lumber village called Lillouette in southern British Columbia. The population there is about 2,275 people. And that date was from, uh, that number was from 2016. At the time, she was a single mother of three teenage boys. And for a long time, she had dreamed of working in childhood education. She worked hard at a local lumber mill while simultaneously volunteering at a daycare center and raising her boys. She's got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, you already know she's hardcore. She does a lot of laundry. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of laundry, a lot of lumber. A lot of love. <laughs> Maybe that should be a slogan. Put it on a t-shirt. Or a dish towel. Ooh, I like that. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> Is it, that's the same thing, right? Exactly. Yes. In the early spring of 1991, Lorraine was able to turn her home into a daycare center. Lorraine was in charge of five children, three of whom were siblings, Mikey, who was two, Alicia, who is three, and Jessica, who is five. And then there was four-year-old Natani, who is Lorraine's niece, and two-year-old Lisa, who was unrelated to everyone else mentioned. Odd man out. Yep. All children were members of native tribes, and Lorraine had known each of them since they were infants. Lorraine was an avid outdoors woman, and as such, she insisted on regular time outside with the children. Her house stood on a wooded slope near the Fraser River. Near the river, chalkumberries grew in clusters, and it was a favorite activity to walk down to the river and pick with the children. And as a side note, I could not find any information on what a chalkumberry is. Yeah, I was curious because I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah, if you Google it, literally nothing comes up except the article from Reader's Digest, which I read this from. Maybe it was like... um, Maybe it's a slang name for something else. Like a native term? Maybe. And the Wikipedia brought up a link about chokeberries, sourberries, or arania berries. I don't know. Maybe this is it. But it didn't say chalkenberries, so that's what came up when I looked them up. Anyway, Canadians, natives. Help us. Please. (laughs) We want to know. 
This they is taste the good. most important detail of the story. Yeah, come back. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> back to the story. On a warm July day, Lorraine handed each of the children a jar to pick berries in. And they all headed to the river about 10 in the morning, accompanied by Lorraine's trusty German shepherd, Pal. The group walked along a dusty road and onto a dirt trail through the trees toward the water. At the river, the children moved slowly as they filled their jars. Jars almost full, the group headed to the cool sandbank by the river. Lorraine asked the children to sit for circle time, an activity where the children would pass around an eagle feather around the circle and they would each get a turn to talk about anything, anything at all they wanted to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> which with a group of under five I'm sure was entertaining I'm sure it was <laughs> after the children were seated three-year-old Alicia jumped up and ran toward the tree line at this moment Lorraine gets up to follow her to bring her back to the circle focus up <sighs> but in the time that Lorraine is distracted a mountain lion had began to quietly slink toward the group of children oh my goodness And so as Lorraine is dealing with Alicia, the cat is coming up and it nudges a young boy, Mikey, who once again is two, and begins to lick the boy's skin. Wow. Lorraine can sense the children just go quiet behind her. So she knows something's wrong. She turns around to see the back end of the cougar standing over Mikey. The cat she could see was bigger than her German shepherd. Its head was down. All Lorraine could see was its peaked shoulder blades. I'm surprised the dog didn't alert her. Yeah. Like, you know, usually dogs are getting really excited about stuff like big cats. And maybe the dog wasn't directly by them at that time. I don't know. Lorraine was frozen. She could hear her four-year-old niece, Natani, laugh nervously and say, Stop licking Mikey's face. It was like she was talking to a house cat. Lorraine couldn't tell whether Mikey had been bitten. Because the cougar is so large, it's blocking him from her view. He was silent and hadn't made any noise. And after a moment of shock, she suddenly acted. Lunging forward and seizing the cat by the scruff of its neck oh. and shaking it side to side. Wow. Mama Bear. <laughs> She's awesome. That is amazing. The cougar reacted immediately, unsheathing its claws and coming at Lorraine. And as it's turning around, it's swiping at Mikey and Lisa's faces as it turns. It stretched tall and brought its paws down upon Lorraine's head. And the article mentioned how small she was. I think like 5'2 or 5'4, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Not overly large. She stumbled backward as the claws grazed her ear. The children suddenly realized the danger of the scenario. And they began screaming. Lorraine yells for the children to stay behind her. At this point, she grabs the animal's forelegs and pull, she pulls them off her. In doing so, she's forced back into a crouch because she's wearing sandals and they don't have very good traction on the sand. She summons all her strength and forces herself to her full height, still holding on to the front legs of the cougar. 
She then locked her elbows and used her thumbs to push its paws inward so she would avoid its claws. Lorraine was yelling at the cat as it tried to break her grip. The cat is thrashing side to side. She shoved forward with all her strength and pushed the cat towards her dog, Pal. As she's doing so, she shouts, Pal, do something. Pal's just like, hey, what's going on? (laughs) Get with the program. I know, right? I've been waiting this whole time for Pal to do something. I could have sworn, like, as I'm reading the article, they mentioned the dog, and I'm like, oh, for sure. That dog's going to be the savior. The cat fell backward, but it was on its feet immediately, darting away. At this point, Pal gives chase, barking. The mountain lion leaps up a pine tree, climbing deftly to the top, and just hung there, looking down at Pal. Lorraine rushed to Mikey, who was laying quietly on the sandy bank. The left side of his face and neck were covered in blood. Mm. He was breathing, though, and his eyes were open. He was eerily still, probably in shock. She pulled Mikey into her lap and then began to assess Lisa, who was also bleeding. She held Mikey in her right arm and scooped Lisa, who was still crying, into her left. She quickly made her way back up the bank and towards the house. Pal lingered behind, dutifully keeping an eye on the treed cougar. So that's where he came in handy. Finally, he's doing his job. Come on, pal. <laughs> and actually, people who hunt cougars do it this way with their dogs. They, they'll tree, tree the cougar. Them. Yes. Yep. I actually know somebody that used to, or probably still does that. Do you eat cougar? Or you just stuff it and I don't, brag? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it's like the hunt is pretty exciting. They might sometimes just tree them. And that's it. And then retreat. I don't know. I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> what if it comes back after you? Yeah, I think you have a gun, so. Well, yeah, but you shoot it when it's in the tree. That's <laughs> <laughs> in a perfect world. Yeah, okay. Anyway, moving on. It was only when they made it back to the house that Lorraine took stock of her own wounds. She had bruised thighs, large scratches on her arms, and she felt pain on her forehead and ear where the cat had come down on her. Mikey needed 40 stitches on his chin and neck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a lot. And Lisa had 20 stitches on her face. That's also a lot of stitches on a kid's face. Yeah, when you're like... Lisa was, I think they were both two. Now I can't remember. I told you all earlier. Go back. Well, I'm just telling you that doing one stitch on a kid's face can be pretty traumatic. I'm sure. This article said that Lisa had been really lucky because the cat had missed her right eye by less than an inch. Mm. And both children were given tetanus shots. Is that normal? Well, if they were unvaccinated. Okay. Lorraine did not need stitches only for her cuts to be cleaned. As you can imagine, as somebody who owns a daycare, you'd be very worried about (laughs) the repercussions of something like this happening. You're like, is my business dead now? (laughs) Although, like, with a daycare, like, this size and in a tight-knit community, I don't think that she'd probably have any problems. It was kind of just a freak accident anyway. Yeah, I honestly always worry. I always have that in the back of my mind with my kids being outside in the woods too. Just like, well, what if? And mm-hmm. they're really quiet. Right. And I literally only hear stories of cougar attacks with children. Yep. Because they're small targets. Mm-hmm. So it was just like she had so many small children. And as soon as she was gone, the threat, then the cougar 
jumped in. But the day after the accident, Lorraine had four of her daycare students return to her house, including Mikey. Wow. So that's trust. (laughs) Only Lisa, the other girl who needed the stitches, did not return to daycare. After the incident, police and a local conservation officer began searching for the cat. Nine days after the incident, the cougar wandered onto a property that was just a mile north of Lorraine's house. The cougar was then put down with a shotgun. And that was just a home job. (laughs) It was just a home job? Yeah, basically the article is like, it wasn't search and rescue. So and so saw the cougar, and then he called his friend Doug, and Doug came over with a shotgun. <laughs> More or less, that's what it was. It wasn't like animal control <laughs> no, or something. By no means. I gotcha. <laughs> and that's the story of Lorraine. But I have some more cougar information for you. Are you ready? I'm I'm sort of ready, but I'm also nervous because I'm secretly worried that one of them is gonna take me down when I'm running or something at some point. Well, this will make you feel better. I hope so. Because there have only been 27 fatal cougar attacks in North America in the past 100 years. Really? Yeah. That's shocking. Yeah. And all told in that time period, there have been about 126 total attacks. How many women running attacked by (laughs) cougars? You know, that's very specific. And if you can believe it, I didn't even look it up. Oh, well, thanks a lot. In comparison, there have been about seven. uh, Oh, yeah. In comparison, there have been about seven bear attacks in North America just within this year. And this information is from Wikipedia, so take that with a grain of salt. The bear information. Okay. I just was I just wanted to compare it. The total population of cougars in North America is about thirty thousand. Now, if we want to compare this with bears, once again, total population of black bears is about six hundred thousand. Wow. And the total population of grizzlies is about 55,000. Did you find anything about what type of bear is more likely to attack? My guess would be grizzlies, but I don't know that for sure. I think it's grizzlies, but it's also locational, right? Because most of those 55,000 bears are in the northern part of North America. Locational, huh? Yeah. (laughs) You know, deal with it. (laughs) Cougars average about 140 pounds, but they can max out at about 180 that's a pretty big cat. Totally. And they can measure about seven, eight feet long. I mean, I realize that relative to a bear, it's yeah. quite a bit less mass, but it's also... But they're maybe, also scarier. They're super <laughs> scary. Although, if we want to go out on this other topic, I'd rather be killed by a cougar than a bear. Is it faster? Yeah, they go right for your neck. A bear will just swipe at you. Yeah. I hear that if a black bear kills you, they'll eat you while you're alive. Oh. At least a cougar will kill me. (laughs) Anyway. The odds are against you because you're more likely to be attacked by a bear. So sorry, Tessa. Bear spray. Also, a large male cougar kills a deer or elk about every 9 to 12 days. And it eats about 20 pounds at a time. But it'll kill the deer or elk and then bury the rest for later. Well, just for a, a comparison, because I've been reading a lot of dinosaur books lately, a T-Rex could apparently take a bite of 500 pounds of meat. One bite. <laughs> <laughs> Putting all of these other animals to shame. Um, is this relevant to a survival story you'll be telling us? 
No, it really isn't. Uh, it's just entertaining. It's interesting information. Yeah. Do you know what to do if you run into a cougar, Casey? Um, you're supposed to be loud and appear larger than you otherwise would appear. Put your arms up in the air. Stand on something tall if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got basically all the major points. Don't run. What about like put a really mean look on your face and yeah, stare mean mug him. Stare him in the eyes. <laughs> Does that work? It probably doesn't hurt. Yeah. So the number one was don't run, which I guess is troublesome for you because you're afraid of being attacked while you're running. <laughs> face the cougar. Talk slowly while backing away, just like you would for a bear. And don't take your eyes off the cougar or turn your back. Try to appear larger. Get above it. Step on something to increase your size. If it shows aggression, shout, wave your arms, throw things at it. Really? Yeah. Convince the cougar you are a bigger potential danger than it is to you. And then the last thing it said is that if it attacks, you need to fight back. If you're aggressive enough, the cougar will flee. And also a pepper spray in the face can also be effective. I was actually just going to ask the same exact question. Yeah. So not. you're hiking ready for a bear, then you'll also be ready for a cat. Except for the cat's going to get you before you even know it's there. Probably. <sighs> doomed. I'm doomed. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm sorry. I think you'll be okay though. <laughs> I hope, I hope you're right. Our heroine. Lorraine died this past 2020 and her niece Tina wrote a nice piece on her Facebook page about her. She said, my auntie has the strength to fend off cougars and even won a decoration of bravery from the governor general of Canada. She fought cougars and cancer humbly, quietly. She's my warrior and my head hurts. Ask anyone who's met her. She's truly a beautiful soul, courageous yet humble. Walk proud, tall, and humbly on your new journey. Hmm, that's nice. That was nice. There's not a lot about Lorraine. And guys, I think we've been criticized sometimes for not having a lot of sources, but sometimes these stories only have one or two articles. And so I think it's good to give them some attention. Exactly, because who knew about Lorraine? <laughs> I didn't I didn't I never had heard of Lorraine. And excuse my language, but she's a freaking badass. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be grabbing a cat by its neck. Come on. Yeah, anyway. that's pretty awesome. She just wanted to protect those kids, which is noble. Yeah, I think so too. Thanks for joining us again on another episode of The Crux. If you enjoyed us, please leave a nice review on our Apple podcast page. It keeps us going, helps us sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it helps me sleep at night, but I do appreciate it. Anyway, stay alive until next week. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. -bye.